We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and live, the Awabakal and Waramai people, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. We celebrate the stories, culture and traditions of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Elders of all communities who also work and live on this land. You're listening to Boob to Food, the podcast with Luca McCabe and Kate Holm. There is so much noise in the parenting space. And we don't mean the tantruming toddler. We understand it can feel confusing, conflicting and overwhelming. That's why we are bringing our years of experience as a midwife, nutritionist and naturopath. And of course, mums. So that you can confidently navigate the roller coaster of motherhood from boob to food and beyond. Each week you'll hear practical wisdom, expert advice and inspirational stories of other mums in the depths of this parenting journey. Let's Let's dive dive in. in. Hello everyone and welcome to a bonus episode of Boob to Food, the podcast. Today we are talking all about poop. (laughs) It's a question we get asked a lot, what's normal, what's not normal with infant bowel movements and so I'm going to pick Kate's brain Mm -hmm. all about poop. I kind of feel like I talk about this so much in my work that I forget it's not normal conversation. (laughs) I feel like that's like when you become a mum though and all of your conversations become about Poo and sleep, mm, pretty much. Or, you know, he, you, I don't know if you ever did this, but people would, I remember having Flynn and I'd send pictures of his nappy to friends <laughs> and be like, is this normal? Because it's really, I mean, their poo doesn't look like ours. So no, it definitely doesn't. And nor should it. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Although it'd probably be easier than in a number four explosion. But anyway, so let's get started. This is just a nice, quick little episode. Mm-hmm. But We'll see how quick we are. (laughs) So what should a normal newborn poo look like? Mm. So the first poo that your newborn will pass is that meconium poo. So that's that dark kind of black green poo. Yeah, very, very strange texture. There's not usually, like it's not very profuse. You're not going to get like meconium explosion poos. So that is really just like. Just at birth. Yeah. Some do at birth. An explosive one, yeah. Oh, there oh you go. yeah. I, I mean, sometimes that. you lift up the covers and you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> it's coming out!" But it's weird. It's like sticky, and um, yeah, don't be alarmed. All of those things are perfectly normal, and so that's really the first poo that you'll be getting for the first few days, and then it's going to start to transition. So as your milk comes in, it'll transition to, or if you're breastfeeding, to a, a breast milk kind of poo, which is going to be entirely liquid (laughs) and usually that mustard in color. Um, There will be some differences if your infant is formula fed right from the outset. So typically like for a a breastfed infant, it will be that mustard color and and a formula fed infant will be more sort of brown or green. There can be some color variations that we don't want to see. So if you see that your baby's poo is quite like pale or white, or if there's like a lot of red, like if there's blood, then they can be warning signs of potential illness. So you definitely want to flag those and get checked out quite quickly but anywhere from yeah mustard yellow through to a brownie green would be Mm. normal for an infant poo a newborn poo and so we know that so it will transition from that black tar then it kind of goes that dark green Mm. gradually turns into a yellow yeah but what would happen then if it is yellow and has been yellow but then turns green again Mm. or turns frothy what would that indicate so if it's 
green and frothy, then typically you'd see that as being like a lactose overload. Um, It can be an issue if you've got like an oversupply or very fast letdown. These are sort of the things that you'd want to flag with a lactation consultant. So get some support because changing the pattern of feeding can be helpful. It is also possible, not the frothy side of it, but green can be pigment from things in mum's diet as well. Mm. So if mum has had like a lot of, you know, green veggies or something like that, or even iron supplementation, Mm. they can definitely change the color of the baby's poo um, to being that more green color as well. But green and frothy, I would say check in with the lactation consultant and get on top of it that way. Yeah. And so... How often should a newborn poo? Mm. Well, (laughs) they can poo a lot. Mm. (laughs) So within the first three months of life, infants can pass anywhere from five to 40 bowel motions per week. Mm, And yeah, it's a lot of nappies. Holy (laughs) dolly. (laughs) No, thank you. Um, You know, for some babies it is that they're like basically doing a poo after every single feed. Mm. Um, You know, their little digestive tract is not very long, so the transit time is much more rapid than even just an older child or definitely an adult. And you will see that decrease over time. Um, But, yeah, there can be lots of poo, so be prepared. (laughs) Can you imagine being back when we didn't have nappies? Yeah. With 40 poos a a week. Can you imagine? And I swear they always decide to hold their poo as soon as they're (laughs) asleep. It's like now they've pooed and you've got to wake them up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Or you're like, do I wake them? Do I let them sit in the poo? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's the question we all ask I at some know. point. <laughs> and how about with an exclusively breastfed infant, mm. so before they've started solids, if they're only having breast milk, can they become constipated? Mm. So, look, I guess this is sort of debatable depending on how you're viewing constipation. So true constipation where we're not just talking about reduced frequency of bowel motions or like straining is really, really rare in exclusively breastfed infants and it can be a sign of an underlying medical condition. So you would definitely want to check in again with your um, GP or your healthcare provider to review that if your infant really is not passing bowel motions. From there, and I guess this is where it's more, um, you know, from a naturopathic perspective, like I've had a lot of patients who've been told that it's normal for their breastfed infant to have a bowel motion only once a fortnight, Mm -hmm. which, look, I mean, it can be quite common. And so this is where it's like what's common versus what's normal. I would say that if your baby is only pooing once a fortnight, then that is something that you may want to investigate to see if you can support them, especially if it's alongside discomfort. Mm. So if you're noticing that they do have, you know, a lot of gas or they seem to be uncomfortable in their belly, they're, I mean, sleep, (laughs) that's another topic in itself. But if it seems to disrupt their sleep, like they're uncomfortable overnight, um, I think trust your instinct here. So if you're like, this doesn't feel normal for my baby, Mm. know that there are things that we can do for breastfed infants to help support them have more regular bowel motions. And I just always think like, you know, imagine like the volume of milk that they're having in those early months. Imagine if you were consuming that much and obviously they urinate, so it's not all moving through the bowel. But if you weren't moving your bowel, mm-hmm. <laughs> except like once a fortnight, that'd be pretty uncomfortable. So, And they, well, they say it can go up to two weeks because there's no fiber really in breast milk. Okay? So it's not like no... they're getting this bulk of stool like yes. once they're on solids where it's building into a giant ball essentially. Yeah. So there's no 
fiber, but there's human milk oligosaccharides, which is a prebiotic. It's not um, fibrous in the sense that it's, yeah, it's bulking. Mm. So yeah, that that is correct. I just, I don't know. I think mums will know this within their own experience. If their baby is pooing once every 14 days and is otherwise well, really happy, doesn't seem to have an upset belly, you know, all of those things are fine, then maybe for your baby that is normal. Mm. But if you're querying whether or not they're feeling uncomfortable, then just know that, um, yeah, we can support you to yeah. to relieve that. Well, just from a personal anecdote, mm. like my first two pooed all the time, and then Will was mm. that baby. He only yeah. pooed every two weeks and he was totally fine, normal, healthy, happy. However, once we started on solids, yes. he didn't get much better. Yeah. And then the uncomfortableness started mm. and that's when I booked in with you <laughs> before you worked for me. And the little eczema thing as well. Yes, he, he got eczema with it as well. Yeah. yeah. Once he started solids and it all kind of came out then. So mm. then I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't normal mm. even though he acted normal. So, yeah, this is yeah. something interesting. Um, how about an exclusively formula-fed baby? Can they become constipated? Yeah. So, I mean, similarly to a breastfed baby, like the diet is still liquid. However, in infant formulas, they do have higher levels of different fats and minerals. So, it can change the stool texture. So they are more likely to have more firm stools and that can be harder for them to pass. Um, Again, we really want to be checking in with our baby in whatever ways we can. And I still would say that, you know, that true constipation, you want to check in with your GP. If it's just infrequent bowel motions and seems to be accompanied by straining or discomfort, um, then there's things that you can definitely, again, look at from a naturopathic perspective or a more holistic perspective. But definitely studies have shown that infants who are fed infant formula, like standard infant formula, will have fewer bowel motions than breastfed infants. Um, It does tend to level out by around four months of age and definitely once solids are commenced, the bowel frequency will be similar between the two groups. So we briefly talked about the colours of poos. What would be considered abnormal? There's a few colors that we definitely don't want to see. I guess starting with red or any sort of blood, I guess with the exception of, um, I mean, we don't really want to see blood at all and I'll group it now with older kids as well. Um, So sometimes there can be, like if there has been constipation or a lot of straining, there can be a tear at the anus. So if you're getting bright red blood and you're seeing it around the outside of the stool, then it's not necessarily a medical emergency, but I would say it still warrants investigation. If you're seeing blood mixed throughout the stool, and I'm talking now more like a, a solid poo, then you definitely want to get that checked out. Or if you're noticing black, like old blood, then you want to get that checked out as well because we don't want there to be bleeding higher up in the digestive tract. We don't want there to be bleeding at the anus either, Mm. but sometimes it can just be, you know, something superficial. It doesn't require um, much treatment, but if it is from higher up in the digestive tract, then that that can be a big problem. (laughs) So So what about, so babies that have um, a cow's milk protein allergy or intolerance, they often show up with blood in the stool. Why do they get that? So basically they're getting like little micro bleeds or I guess colitis through um, the gastrointestinal tract. So yes, that can be very, very common. And one of the ways that CMPI might be 
not necessarily diagnosed, but flagged. So yes, definitely any blood, if you're ever concerned, actually for any color of your, your child's stool, if you're ever concerned, just get it checked out. There's no harm in um, having it assessed and take photos as well. Mm. As gross as it sounds, it can be really, really insightful rather than just explaining what it is. Um, honestly, sometimes I've thought, oh, if my email ever got hacked. <laughs> Do you know what? Be like, side, oh. side note, um, <laughs> My will had to be circumcised for medical reasons. Mm. And uh, when we did it, he, uh, the doctor like wanted to take photos and then I had to send him photos of <sighs> his penis like through the days to make oh, sure it was okay. Oh, and I thought, if anyone looked at this oh man's gosh. phone, oh my God. <laughs> phone was just full of photos of little boys' penises. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, I was laughing at that. Yeah, so you don't want I your feel like two to just makes you look like a weirdo, not yeah. so much a freak. But anyway, how about oh, any dear. other colours or any yeah. other concerning colours in poo? Well, I mean, I guess the colours that we would typically see, so maybe we'll put the good ones first. So that sort of anywhere from brown, that green brown, still kind of mustardy yellow. There might be other tinges of colors depending on what they've eaten or again, supplementation. So you could see red and like if your child has consumed a lot of beetroot, just like mentally flag that because it will come out the other end often quite Mm. pigmented. So don't be alarmed that there is blood. It can be beetroot. Um, If your child is taking an iron supplement, then again, that can cause some of that black or green black kind of poos. Um, But if it's, you know, outside of supplementation, or even if you are giving your child a supplement and you're feeling, you just want to check it out, check it out anyway, because black is not an ideal color. Mm. Um, And also if you're getting really pale stools, that's not a good one either. So, you know, white, gray, or just very pale brown um, can be issues with the liver and the gallbladder and, um, and bile. So yes, I would definitely flag all of those colors. And then the other thing would be if there's been any very sudden change in your child's stool, then you should get that checked out as well. Um, Unless there's, you know, something that you can associate with it, like they've been unwell or, Mm. you know, even teething can disrupt bowel motions. So, but I just say to families, like, if you're ever worried, just check it out. Mm. There's no harm in, in asking the question. What about mucus in the stool? Yes. So mucus is an interesting one because it's such a non-specific symptom, but from my perspective, it is indicating a degree of inflammation through the digestive tract. So mucus, I mean, outside of there being, you know, they've got a cold and so they're actually swallowing a lot of mucus that's coming from the nose. Um, I would say mucus is a sign that something's not quite right. It's not necessarily as alarming or as specific as seeing blood. But again, if you're seeing it persistently, then I would say get that checked out too. So the question that we get asked Mm. all the time, is constipation normal when starting solids? Mm. (laughs) So I would say constipation is not normal when starting solids. Constipation can be common when starting solids, but there is definitely a difference between what's common and what's normal. There definitely will be a shift in bowel function as you start to introduce solid foods. So that transit time will slow down. But we've seen in the research that children on average will have a bowel motion about every one to three days. And again, like I mentioned, for the newborns, we really want to ensure that like the bowel is working well so that our child is comfortable. But also we have to remember this is a really important way that the body's detoxifying. So if the bowel isn't moving regularly, then you can 
can start to get some of that recirculation of essentially those toxins that the body or, you know, metabolize and other things that the body's trying to get out of the body. Um, and so that can cause some other issues more systemically. But most commonly, we're just seeing infants who are starting solids feeling really uncomfortable, really unhappy, and it can actually cause some issues with their willingness to um, consume more solid foods as well. Why is it considered common then? Why do they get constipated? (laughs) I mean, there's lots of reasons why. Um, Yeah, (laughs) there's so many reasons why. I'd say one of the biggest things we see is introducing too much too soon. So Mm. if, you know, sometimes babies are really keen to get going on solids and families feel excited too, but we want to give their digestive system basically the chance to catch up. So it's working on a feedback loop of enzyme production and even just that, you know, the different kind of peristalsis, the muscles that are needed to actually move solid matter through the digestive tract when it's previously been entirely liquid. So too much too soon, I'd say, is the the number one thing that we'd see. But there can be things like food sensitivities. It can be even, you know, um, a drop in hydration as they're moving away from so many milk feeds and Maybe they haven't started consuming much water. It can even be too much fiber. Um, We think of fiber as being really supportive for bowel motions, but it's, again, that sort of, there's a tipping point where like not enough is not good, but too much is not good either. So they would be some of the key things that I would see. So is there anything that we can do for constipation? There's so much that can be done. And I think that's really reassuring for families as well to know that you don't have to just suffer through this. And I'm not talking, you know, um, pharmaceuticals necessarily, although they can sometimes be important if the child is severely constipated. But basically, I mean, we have an amazing online clinic where our practitioners are all highly skilled, Mm. highly practiced (laughs) in supporting constipation. We do see it a lot. And so things like dietary modification, even supplements, probiotics, supporting the gut health. Um, There's, yeah, a lot that can be implemented. And there's lots of food-based things as well. So thinking about things like our pea foods, so, you know, prunes, pears, peaches, like those sorts of foods can be really helpful. Soaked chia seeds, so whether that's like a chia seed pudding or you can make a chia seed gel that can be added to purees depending on, you know, where your child's at or how you're feeding them. Um, Hydration is really, really crucial too. And then also lots of healthy fats. So we want to keep the are nice and lubricated. Um, they're, yeah, some really great starting places. We have a really in-depth blog too on constipation yes. on the website, which we'll link in the show notes as well. Yeah. Another question we get asked a lot when starting solids, is it okay to see food in the poo? So chia seeds we talked about, yeah. they often come <laughs> straight back out. Is that okay? Yes. It depends what kind of food you're seeing. So some foods like chia seeds, we're not actually going to break them down. So we as humans lack the enzyme to break down that kind of outer husk of the chia seed. So unless it's being ground, you're not going to actually yet break into the inside of it. Other foods that you'd commonly see coming through would be things like corn, (laughs) blueberry skins or other fruit skins. So again, it's where we're lacking those enzymes to actually break it down. But if you're seeing things more like, you know, chunks of meat or like chunks of egg or things like that, which like you shouldn't be seeing, and we do have the digestive enzymes to break down, then that would be something that's not normal. So yeah, yes and no (laughs) is my answer. (laughs) Isn't this gross? I remember me and my sister-in-law and a few of us we had a competition once to see who had the quickest metabolism and so we all like corn and then waited to see who got corn in the poo first lovely i love how quick it comes out you're like there it is the next day like it's already out 
I way. can't say that I've done that <laughs> personal experiment before, but it's very interesting. It, it was good. Um, us girls won by a fu- like by heaps, mm. which was interesting. But anyway, that was who knows. <laughs> that was a camping expedition one day. <laughs> <laughs> things you do. Yeah. Um, so then, if you can't break down things like chia seeds mm. and should that you then be eating them ground? Are you getting any nutritional value from these things? Mm. So. If you're eating them ground, you're going to be able to access all of the nutrients that are inside the chia seed. If you're eating them soaked, then you'll be accessing some of the nutrients that are there. Um, but yeah, unless they're, you know, we, they're kind of too small to crunch with your teeth. So mm. you do need that like manual breaking of the outside to get to the nutrients inside. And then yes, soaking is sort of an in-between as well. So yes, yeah. still eat them. Yes, is the answer. Yes, yeah, still but benefits. Yes, exactly. Not as many. Mm. And so lastly, is it okay if poo is still running when you start on solids? So still Mm. having milk feeds but also on solids or when should it become firm like an adult's poo? It really depends on the volume of milk feeds versus the volume of solid foods. You will typically see some changes quite quickly. Like I was always surprised with my kids that I kind of looked at them and was like, oh, you're not really eating much, but their poo does start to change. And part of that is to do with the microbial shifts that happen within the gut. It's not all about the, you know, food that's going in that's coming back out the other end. But if your child is, say, on like two or three meals a day and they're still having very loose stools, um, then I wouldn't say that that's necessarily normal. It's It's hard to kind of qualify exactly like it'll be, you know, at seven months old, your poo should look like this because it's it's very dependent on, yeah, exactly what the child is eating, how much they're eating versus how many milk feeds they're having. Again, I would just come back to your mother's intuition or mm. caregiver's intuition. Um, if it feels like your child should have solid poos or they should be firmer than they are, or if whatever is going on with their bowel motions is coinciding with you know, other health complaints, yeah. then definitely get it checked out. Mm. I was going to say, you would normally, if it was a worry, there'd be other red yeah. flags happening. Yeah. I know with my kids, because they breastfed on demand and just so much, even up to that second year, that mm. like it was definitely not firm like an adult yeah. until they weaned. And then it was like, oh, now it's, now yeah. it's changed. And then even again, like, you know, during the teething or illness, mm. when they ramp up their milk feeds again, you might see it kind of go a little bit backwards. So, yeah, it definitely like that volume of milk in mm. will influence what the bowel looks like, what the bowel yeah. motion looks like. Um, but yeah, just I guess looking for those other red flags as yeah. well. Yeah, and it can be a sign of like a food sensitivity or yeah. intolerance or an allergy. So I mean, we wouldn't recommend doing any elimination diets or anything like that mm. without guidance. So yeah, we do have our online clinic if you yeah. want to check that out. We'll put the link in the show notes, um, but it's just on our website com forward slash clinic and yeah if you have any concerns after this podcast if you'd like any help with constipation or anything we can definitely help there yeah there's always so much that can be done so I know a lot of families feel like they've done it all but please reach out because usually there is a stone that we can turn over and something we can investigate so whether it is for constipation or diarrhea or food sensitivities or whatever's going on for your little one even if they just seem to have like abdominal discomfort please reach out the girls are really really experienced um and yeah we can definitely help you guys you don't have to suffer through Mm. yeah so preach the word constipation is not normal (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Boob to Food, the podcast. We hope this episode made you feel inspired, confident, and less overwhelmed in your parenting journey. Head to the show notes for all the resources mentioned on today's episode. And if you loved this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week. Bye.